a true story when I was a little Find the leaks kid, that way. and it'd be snowing and sleeting outside up there on the Rubicon. My true mom story, I was a little kid. You're a fucking mountain of a man. You've never been little. <laughs> Shut up. God damn it. Let me finish the story. It's about my mama now. My my mom would crawl up underneath the, my dad's Jeep and use the heat from the motor and the transmission to breastfeed me when I was a little kid. This Roundtable episode is sponsored by you, the listener. Thank you for listening to our show. You can sponsor the Roundtable episode easily and cheaply, underscore cheaply. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and reach out. You could be a sponsor of the show as soon as our next episode. I'm Tony. I want to welcome all of you uh, new listeners and our regulars to the Jeep Talk Show Roundtable. I'm, sh- I'm your host, and I'm excited to have you here for this special gathering of passionate Jeep enthusiasts. On tonight's episode, we're going to be asking, what is the bare minimum shock you should buy for off-road and on-road to protect your tire investment from cupping and uneven wear? When buying tires, what should be the expected lifespan for MTs, seasons, and miles? Uh, well, I think I think all these things are from Aquaman, so we'll have to get him, uh, if you don't understand what MTs, I know what MTs are, seasons and miles, I'm, I'm not quite sure. Uh, but we'll ask him what he means. What is the expected life cycle of other major upgrades, like suspension, axles, steering components, brakes, shocks, engines, and transmissions? I am not going to put what you wrote in there. Uh, not, no way, no how, Rick. Uh, and if we get to it, if you could go back in time and advise yourself what halfway upgrades... <laughs> you did would you say to skip or go straight to the best components instead hey you know you can submit your questions for the roundtable just go to jeeptalkshow.com uh, slash contact to find out how are you ready it's time for the jeep talk show with hosts tony josh wendy and chuck do you know, and you thought we were going to get out of the Patreon spiel, uh, did you know that we have actually lost Patreon subscribers? Uh, we had, uh, uh, I think, uh, 47 at one time, and now we're down to 42. So apparently there's some people that uh, aren't liking it, or uh, maybe they, they lost their job, or they just don't, uh, they're just they having a hard, hard time uh, making ends meet, which I certainly understand, because uh, times are tough, food's a lot more expensive than it used to be. But uh, what is the entertainment uh, worth to you? I mean, I know that I, I'm, I'm really surprised, but I've talked to a few people that have canceled their uh, like Hulu subscriptions. Because it's cheaper to to have four episodes of Jeep Talk Show all week. I can't imagine canceling a Hulu subscription, but that's what I was told. Uh, I'm not telling you to cancel. I'm just telling you it's only five bucks. So give it a try. We could uh, we could really use the money to help the show make uh, um, uh, make the show better for you. All right, if you would please, you've heard before. If you're in the roundtable tonight and not watching us live on YouTube, uh, please the first time that you speak, and and you can speak on the YouTube live. We won't hear you, but you can do that all you like. Uh, everybody here on the roundtable, if you would please stay, uh, say your your first name and where you're located. General location is okay. All right, here we go. Hello, Zoom people. Hello. 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 Oh, Asia. <laughs> what? <laughs> All over again. I think. Uh, I, didn't we have questions before? The sounds of like I'm having deja vu. Is it? Yeah, yeah I think we yeah. did these questions. It uh, sounds like every Facebook forum there is. How big of a spacer do I need to put these tires on my Jeep? How far is your ass from the ground? Yeah. <laughs> what what Arkansas, name should I give my Jeep? Well, these are these are uh, yeah, and uh, are ducks something you have to do. Um, so Rick, is these were your questions? Do you remember us doing them before? Yeah, we 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 did these before. We never we didn't get to number four. Right. So maybe we can call Audible and just skip to number four. Damn it, Rick! <laughs> <laughs> I like what? how I like how they're blaming Rick and not me. <laughs> I uh, sent all the questions in again. It was my fault. <laughs> how about uh, how about this one? Because we can we can switch. I mean, it's not like we have to do those questions. How about this one? Is this one we've done before? High lift, bottle jack, or something else? Yes. Really? Oh yeah. I don't think we did the steel cable. What what kind of trail obstacle uh, do you least like uh, tracking, tackling, rather? Uh, not steep uh, climbs, descents, uh, off camber. And you can imagine who sent this in. It's all CJ's. Oh, it's all me. John Lee. John Lee. Have we done that one yet, John? 
<laughs> I don't think so. If you camp in your Jeep, do you have any tricks for making it more comfortable to sleep inside? Anyone? Anyone? You don't answer. I'm just checking. Have, have we done these before? No. Okay. They're all okay. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. I'm gonna read it again. So we'll just go. We'll just step through them. I'm not gonna read it all to the uh, to the audience again. Um, you just have to listen. <laughs> this is a good trick to make them listen further. Uh, all right. So our first question: high lift bottle jack or something else. So what do you, what do you need uh, for? And I would assume this is off road, right, John? Well, just all around. But yeah, let's focus off road. Okay. So guys, off road or all around, it doesn't matter. No ducks. So this is anything but Isla. I'll start since it's my uh, my question. So I've I've always been the one that carried the high lift, not just because of the ability to lift the vehicle up to change a tire or get over something, um, but the ability to turn it into a rudimentary plant as well. Just because kind of grew up in the sticks in East Texas, and we always have one of those jacks in pretty much every vehicle, and and used it a lot when my dad used. It. But my high lift I've had mounted on my Jeep has never come off its mount. I was like, just going to say, has mount. anybody actually used a high lift off-road? I've used a high lift hundreds and hundreds of times. Yes. Yeah, I used mine there. last year at EGS. Yeah. I was about to say Andrew right there during one of the, uh, <laughs> the what do you call it? power. On the way heading to the event, we had a flat on his trailer or something, I think it was. And he was trying to change it. Was that your trailer, Bill, that he was towing? And uh, he had no to, comment. <laughs> he had a trailer, and we broke out the. They broke out the high lift trying to change it, and come to find out, like the trailer had built-in jacks that he could have just. I'm actually making the switch to the bottle jack, so I'm going to be getting rid of the the high lift. Uh, there's a company called Safety Jack that makes some great like. Uh, Boy, John's connection is not good tonight. He must be John where. Must John be where. Roger. Yeah, I was gonna say he must be where. <laughs> look at look at Greg's picture. <laughs> well, so this is Chip from Illinois, I guess. So I've carried a high lift ever since I've got a Jeep, and I and I've used it uh, four or five times off road, helping either get through obstacles, change a tire. Um, uh, had a, a side wall blowout on a root that was sticking out. Um, one guy actually, his shackles flipped over and we had to lift it up to push uh, push his axle back into place. I mean, so yeah, it's, it's a functional tool, but it's also something you've got to respect, right? Because it's just very teeter-tottery. You've got to make sure your wheels are chalked and you're, and you're using it correctly. But no bigger than a bottle jack is. I went out and bought a bottle jack too. I mean, it, it's the size exactly. Of a, yeah, I got. I have. Two, I, I did that. Coke cans. Yeah. So I've got yeah. my and and so I just I just you know I, I think we've talked about it on the show before, but I just bought a, an LJ down in Arizona, and I was going to take it off roading down there. No winch, no lockers. I did buy a tow strap, but I was going alone, so I don't know what good it would have done me. But I. <laughs> But but I bought a high lift jack to throw in it because okay I don't have a, a I don't have a winch to get me if I'm stuck on rocks but if I had a high lift I could pop myself off so hey, I think yeah. it's a functional tool you just have to respect it right now the safety jacks John you talked about that that is so those are the ones with the extenders and have like the plates that lift up so you can you can lift it easier better more securely yeah I think I don't know if y'all can hear me better now or not. Um, but they they have the extensions and they have like cradles to to sit in in the right spot. So I want to buy those extensions. Do they sell those separately? You know? Yes, they they do. So it's the the bottle jack they sell in the kit is just a basic bottle jack. There's nothing fancy. There you go. So, uh, and I've got the I bought that base from High Lift for the High Lift jack, which will also work on the bottle jack. So okay, be yeah. able to to use that base to put the bottle jack on, and then depending on how high of an extension because. You don't know. You don't always need a super high jack, right? Depends if you have, oh, my obstacle rock is in the way, whatever it is, high center. You may want a little bit shorter of an extension or you may need a longer one. So, uh, but yes, yeah, safety jack has a pretty, pretty good setup. The, the, the issue, you know, you talk about, I like having both because, for example, when the guy gouged his sidewall out, he was leaning into the uh, mud rut and the sidewall's blown out. He couldn't really get up where he needed to be. 
we couldn't get a bottle jack under it until we used the high lift jack to lift it up enough to get the bottle jack under it. So there's some advantages to having multiple ways to attack a problem. Exactly. Yeah, and the, the nicest part with the high lift, in my opinion, and from all the uses we've used them, <laughs> I've used them to pull fenders. I've used them to open yeah. doors. I've used them to move vehicles. I've used them as a winch. Um, the the high lift is is a very versatile tool. Even in the shop, sometimes we use it to spread or collapse a frame. You know, like if there's no vehicle on oh, it. Oh yeah, it's it's really a versatile tool. And if you get some of the attachments that they come, I mean, it can become an invaluable. Because you can, you can use it with a toe strap to pull a vehicle sideways while you're doing a, you know, while somebody else is hooked up to a winch. Or God forbid the day that your winch dies, you can use it as a winch four feet at a time. Um, it's, it's a big, bulky, clunky item that looks like it's from the 1950s, because it kind of is. But it serves such an amazing purpose that we, I make sure that I have a high lift on every single rig that I build. And even if I'm not in my off-road, I have one in my pickup truck just in case. Well, and it's oh. one of those tools that if you never use it, you never realize how, you know, how valuable it can be. Correct. Once you, once you, once you use it, it's like, man, I'm glad as hell I had that. Yeah. Well, and, 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 and it's not my, just a jack. Is, you know, the, that's the most yeah. important part. And that's what people don't realize. Like I've used it. You know, we had, we, there was a pretty bad accident and we had to use it because the, the front fender was buckled around the tire. So we put the jack between the frame and the body and peeled the body back away so that the tire could still rotate so the vehicle could get off trail. Um, you, you can just, you know, there's so many uses. And you I want to make sure that you guys part? understand, too, that just because I said, does anybody use it, is not me knocking it. I mean, I've got one in the XJ. I've got one uh, in the uh, the Gladiator. No, you're asking questions for your listeners. Right. You're asking important well, questions for your listeners. I like, Good job, Tony. I like high lift, and I don't want to have cast any dispersions uh, against them. It's not like rock sliders or anything. Well, right. and not to not to say it's a safe thing to do, but you can, also use a high lift. you can also use a high lift jack to break a bead on a tire. Yeah, you're changing tires. I, 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 it wasn't a high lift jack, but it was the same high, scenario. It was high the lift same made thing. a post. A bumper jack. High lift made a post bumper on that jack. today on Instagram. They showed that. Oh well, I used to use my my father's '84 Crown Victoria, the bumper jack, out of it to break tires. But it's the same theory. Well, Greg, you were saying that you you know since the '50s, I grew up on a farm. We always had what was called the handyman jack, which I think may be the original name before it became high lift. Um. Well, if you look at if you look at cars, um, like I have some old cars on the property. The oldest car I have on the property is a 1936 Studebaker, and the jack that came in it looks it, it's basically a high lift jack. Just uh, it's a bumper jack. Steel. It's a bumper jack. So a high lift jack, I think, just took that, and I don't know the better. exact history, but they took that technology and beefed it up. Um, because I've done things with, like, we lifted a, we lifted an entire garage with high lift jacks. Um, this was circa 2007, but we used 18 high lift jacks to lift a guy's 36 by 60 barn five feet into the air so that we could lay block underneath it. That's I mean, it's safe. It, it, <laughs> well, so what, it was a, it was a pole barn. Nobody so sees. The, no, it was a pole barn. We cut the, we cut the poles free of the barn and then jacked it up so the the poles acted as a a slide um it worked really really good but it's it really is an amazing tool and it's the the high lift brand not the cheap off aftermarket brands um they're surprisingly way stronger than you'd ever think they'd be they're also really dangerous if you don't use them right yeah, and just whatever you do, never keep, never put your head above the handle while you're jacking it down or up. And, well, yeah, don't let go of it because that thing turns into a battering ram. You yeah. can use it like a power hammer or a planishing hammer to straighten your sheet yeah. out if you know what you're doing. Man, there's an ex-girlfriend joke somewhere in there. Now, guys, I've got a high lift jack on my YJ and on the, the new Jeep. I was actually at a charity event and I won the Hydra Jack. And I've got it mounted, and I've used this jack now more times than I have used my high lift. And I'm super impressed with it. It's stupid expensive. I want it. I don't think I would have ever bought it, 
you know, after I'd seen it being used and I had extra money, I'd 100% get it. But it's it literally on the side of my Jeep, just strapped up and it fits there. I love the location of it. I love, well, I love the convenience of it. So do, just, you, do you have I'm to hook that to a water line? I, I don't understand. The hydrojack? No, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a bottle jack. So it's just super impressive. Uh, that was the name of it. I think it's just called hydrojack. Speaking of it's decks, a- I, do you remember the episode you did that? Do you remember the episode you did, Tony, with the, that airbag jack? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I like those. I, bought, I never used one, I bought, but I like the idea behind them. I bought one of those, but unfortunately, I've never used it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been itching to use it. I had one opportunity to use it last year out at EJS, and when I told the guy, I was all excited. I told the guy, I'm like, oh, I got this, this airbag jack. I'm Everybody go stop. I've ran, got a, I got a yeah. solution I want to use. <laughs> yeah, I ran back to the Jeep and then looked at my wife and says, oh, fuck, I left it in the trailer. Pardon my French. <laughs> <laughs> it was in my trailer. It's like, couldn't even use it. Never mind. It's a good point. There's multiple ways of uh, using tools to get your Jeep up or off or around or all kinds of things. And, 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 and there's nothing wrong with having more than one tool to do the same thing. It's doubtful that the high lift jack would fail, but the high lift jack may not fit every situation. Or if it will fit, there may be a tool that will work better and easier, more safely. Well, especially when you're off-road, possibly off-camber on rocks or mud puddles. Or, I mean, I mean, who wants to take the floor jack out there and, you know, push it underneath well, the Jeep in the mud puddle to try to use it? Right. But, I mean, uh, that's part of the adventure, right? Because you never know for sure what's going to happen. Yeah. I will say the base on that little jack I've got, the base I'm not impressed. Uh, just like Damn, as, as John was saying, he, <laughs> as I'm walking back in, into the house, John was saying he was able to use the high lift jack mount or the the bases. I'm going to look into those because I've used it. I've not had an issue as of yet. But again, the train I've been in, the situation I've been in, it's literally been on the side of a trail. It's been, I've not had to use it on my Jeep, knock on wood, but we've had to mount up other Jeeps that have been broke down to help out other Jeepers that we've been on the trail with. And conveniently, it's been all smooth sailing, getting that done. But I worry about terrain with that jack. But it will go extremely high. Rick, Rick from Arkansas. Um, I've got a, uh, I got one of the Swiss Army synthetic uh, scissor high lift bottle airbag jacks, <laughs> oh, and that no. thing is awesome. <laughs> Does it have a magnifying glass on it too, with tweezers on the end? Oh, and a toothpick. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, you know if it has if it has a life life preserver, you're you're set. You need to get one of those. <laughs> they make one uh, for for women that acts like a shake weight. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can control with an app on your phone from anywhere in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody got the shake weight reference. <laughs> and he wonders why Patreon subscriptions are dropping. <laughs> <laughs> You know, coming in on the Patreon subscriptions, I figure it's people that signed up, took advantage, bought their whole lift kit, got their discount from Northridge, and then just after they saved four hundred dollars. Yeah, that's a possibility. Or they, or they had it set up on a credit card, and the expiration date expired, so then they just haven't changed or updated their info. Or maxed it out, whatever they did. They didn't get maxed out for the show, I promise you. <laughs> if it did, they were in a world of hurt. Yeah, that was the least of their worries. All right, so uh, is it time to move to the next one here? I like talking about jacking. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> With that, definitely. question number on. two. <laughs> what kind of trail obstacle do you least like tackling? Uh, V-notch, steep climbs. Yeah, I don't. I, no, I don't like mud cleanup. Uh, no mud. Steep climbs, descents, off camber, ledge, etc. I love every one of those, and I hate mud. I'm it, all right with all of them except for mud. Too. Is it is it just the cleanup, Greg, or you just don't like it altogether? Um, well, the cleanup is abysmal. Yes. It takes weeks to get it out of every nook and cranny. And you know, like for me, the downfall is I drive a lot of show cars. That are actually that actually serve their purpose and do what they're supposed to. So you get through thirty-eight seconds of heavy mud 
and it takes three weeks to get it all out of your car. Mm-hmm. Um, if you ever do. Yes. Yeah, if you ever do. And surprisingly, um, you know, and, and again, I built some fairly obnoxious vehicles um, with heavy-duty components. It breaks more stuff than anything else I've been in. Interesting. I can go to Moab. I can drive Pritchett Canyon back, forth, sideways, up, down, and not have a scratch or a dent or a break. I can spend, I've seen people spend, you know, five minutes in mud and break Dana 60s and Dana 80s. I was just going to say, I mean, is it the consistency? It's violent. Yeah, the, the consistency changes because you can hit stuff in mud and then, you know, pretty you're spinning and then all of a sudden you hit something that's uh, heavy like a rock or a particularly hard yep. piece of mud. Yeah, because once, yeah, once you get, so to, to clear nasty mud, you need big wheel spin, mm-hmm. um, which means you're, your tires are spinning really fast to clean out the mud. And usually you're seesawing your wheel back and forth and you're doing all these different things. And then the traction changes to yep. something obnoxious and there goes a drive shaft or there goes an axle shaft or, you know, it's, it's a, it's a pretty gnarly thing. And it's, it's like wheel hop without the hop. Right. Oh yeah. It, that's a good point. I'll tell you, it's fun. I, you know, I, oh, yeah. I got into off-roading because of mud bogs. And so it is. It's, it's fun. It's enjoyable. It's a great time. But, oh, boy, it hurts your stuff. And, man, it's hard to clean. I think, I, mean, I, think I, still get, I still get Moab mud wash off underneath my Jeep every once in a while. And there's, that's there's probably no two years thing. ago. There's no mud in Moab. Oh, yeah, there is. <laughs> <laughs> Don't help him. <laughs> it is not like coming to Michigan and driving through, you know, you go up to Drummond Island and you can see it sink in that nasty, peat, stinking sewage-like mud, um, which, again, is a lot of fun and is gorgeous. But, man, it's hard to clean out. I've had uh, huge globs of dried... Uh, I guess at that point it's just uh, like a dirt clod. Uh, drop off my uh, my full size Chevy pickup uh, like four months after I went mudding. It was usually summertime and it was hot and uh, low humidity, so it would uh, dry that mud and it would finally release. And it was usually on I ten doing uh, seventy miles an hour, so that was fun for people behind me. That poor duck, Greg. You're you you killed it. The, oh, I'm working on it. No, uh, so hey, hey. the mud aspect. I I. You know, when I some of the places I go, and if I'm the lead jeep, you pull up to a mud puddle, right? It's, and I say that it's it's like a mud hole, but it's got standing water in it. And so now you're now there's two issues. One, how deep is the water? Is that going to be a problem? Am I, am I going to sink in up to my air intake? Or two, what's below that, and how deep does the mud go? Is there a hard bottom to it, or is it a soft bottom? Because the last thing I want to do is be stuck where I'm concerned that my engine's going down underwater, and then I've got to try to figure out how to get out, and no poor bastard's going to want to come wading in the mud <laughs> to hook up my winch. Oh, yeah, it's I'm all you, man. It's on me, right? Because, I mean, I've been out wheeling before. We watched this Toyota go out, and he's, like, running through the water, and we're like, oh, he's having fun. And then he sees some cattails in some mud way off to the side that nobody goes into, and he decides to go explore in the cattails. Of course. Oh. Yeah. Well, and, and up by me, if you're out, if you're out in the woods running on trails and you see an area that's got really nice green, lush grass, don't drive through it. Yeah, no. You will be you will be stuck. No, if it's got growth, that means nobody drives through there, and there's probably a reason. So this guy sunk in below his axle. I mean, he was just done. And he sat in this brand new Toyota out there in the middle of this pond in the cattails, waiting for somebody to drive out or walk out to him to help him out because he wasn't getting out of his vehicle. And then there was another Toyota that pulled up and we just waved and went on. Because we were like, well, do we let the poor bastard sit there? Or, okay, we could help him, but, oh, wait, there's another Toyota guy. He'll help him. <laughs> but if you know, yeah. so- can I call somebody for you? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't. I don't like the unknown. Like how do how, how do you guys do that when you're running? Do you do you take a stick with you? Do you 
I mean, so yeah. I had a, a guy was throwing rocks in a, a puddle going, this will tell us how deep it is. He throws a rock in the puddle. I'm like, what did that tell you? You have, you have like a depth sound going on here? Well, I'm going to put a fish finder, and if I see fish on the, the thing, it's hey, too deep. That's not a bad idea. I could hook up a garment, <laughs> a fish finder on my dash. Hey, there's an idea, Tony. That's right. Million dollar okay. Jeep talk show idea. You just gotta, like, Rick, just Rick, 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 is, Rick is the trail guy. You follow Rick. See what he does. And see what, do what he do. Don't do what he does. You're fine. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> <laughs> Are the ducks floating? Am I, am I wrong? I, I think that you're going to find I'm probably the safest person to follow into a stream now because <laughs> nobody's going to be. Now that he's got that Swiss Army knife. <laughs> Wait. I still remember F.U. Bob driving into the water and then backwards. Back now, that was hilarious. Oh, that, you got to do that, though. I mean, you have to be man enough uh, to, to get teased. Well, why didn't you go through there? Because I'm not here for your entertainment. Oh, he backed up for the video footage. But in oh, any okay. case, you, yeah, you put your toe in, right? So then you're sitting there. The worst thing is, you know, I ran into some water. I didn't know how deep it was. I'm the lead Jeep. I'm going through there at like half of a mile, one mile per hour. And I'm just tiptoeing through it. Ends up, it doesn't even go over my axle, my hub on my wheel. I'm like, well, that's a pussy move. I mean, he felt like an idiot because I, I meandered through it slowly. But but if you just go rip snorting through there and all of a sudden you're in up over your headlights, now you're in trouble. Yeah, well, don't be the trail leader and look like a hero. Or you can be a hero and be the trail leader. And but another one I've got to say, <laughs> if you're on the trail and you're driving down the trail and you come upon a nasty mud spot, go through it. Don't. Don't create a new trail. Don't break trail just to avoid the mud. I hate mud like the plague, but I still wouldn't break trail to avoid it. I wouldn't yeah, it's a good drive point. off the trail. A lot of people do that. You'll find these big mud holes, and then all of a sudden the trail is 30 feet wider the next weekend. Just go through it. You're on the trail. You're off-roading. No matter how much you hate it, don't destroy the trail because that's what gives all the people who want us to stop off-roading ammunition to kick us off the land. True. Very true. Mm-hmm. Don't create a new bypass if it's not already there. And if you can't go through it, I mean, it's it might be a walk of shame, but turn around and go the other way. Yeah. We, we ran in, we were in a private property off of the Badlands during the Jamboree, and there was a stretch of probably close to 100 feet that was just rutted up and it was rutted with like 37s and 40s. And we had people with 33s. We had to get them through this. So we're trying to balance them on top of the ruts as much as we can. But if they fell in, we said, just hit it. And we'll get you as far as you can. And you know, one of us made it through it to begin with so we could strap them out if they got stuck. But what was amazing, only one of the Jeeps out of like 12 actually got stuck because they knew if they started to fall in, just get in it and ride it out and give it plenty of skinny pedal to go on through. There was one if you have if you have multiple people, once you can't keep going instead of just instead of digging even deeper, hook up a winch, hook up a toe strap. That's why we all carry all this recovery gear. Right. And if you got a winch on the front of your Jeep, just just un, uh, un, uh, unlock the winch and give the hook to the guy that walks alongside the mud puddle. Yeah. Then, you know, then you don't then you don't have to worry about, you know, someone trudging through the mud to get to your winch. Yeah, it's it's better than destroying the land and getting kicked off the trail. Yeah. So if you got if you got fifteen people in line and everybody hits a skinny pedal to get through it, I I feel sorry for the fifteenth guy. So so Chip, with all those trail rides, yeah. What do y'all What do y'all send through first? Do y'all send the big tire jeeps through before the small tires that create those ruts, or would you prefer to send the the smaller tire jeeps through first uh, to avoid kind of the the rut situation in the first place? So that's a great question. It depends on who's leading that day, right? So we've got a primary leader guy who was on 33s with a pretty much stock Rubicon four-door. Uh, it was a JK. And he could he was a heck of a driver. So he could get through a lot of obstacles, but he was kind of the measure, right? Like if he can do it with that vehicle, then it's, then it's obtainable by everybody. But in the case that I was talking about, I was trail guide. So I'm on 37s. And I didn't know whether I was going to make it for sure. So I got in it, got on it, got through it. So then we had either a winch point or we also had 
the potential for me to back up, and I strapped a couple people through. So getting a one vehicle through an obstacle to prove it can be done and to have somebody up there that could strap you on through the obstacle, because otherwise you've got 10 or 12 Jeeps behind you that now if you've got to turn everybody around and everything. So I guess the real answer is probably send a capable Jeep through first, not to create more ruts, but to get through it so you've got options to get the rest of the crowd through it. I think the right answer was the guy in the XJ because he loves the mud. <laughs> <laughs> and he probably drives better than everybody in the JL. Ah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's what I was, I was going to bring up. You know, my YJ, I love the mud. I, I do. I love it. My YJ, it's what I grew up riding in and what I grew up doing. I, I love it. Now, to this day, I still hit the mud in the YJ, but I will also pull my winch line ahead of time. So I've got it prepared and ready if I need it at that moment that I need it. Um, with it, I, I rarely do in mud. Rarely do in mud. I have completely buried it where that's been the case, but it's few and far in between. The JLU now, I don't care for it. Have I been through it? Yes, because again, I, I'm not going to, it's on the trail. I'm going to do it, but I'm not going to set out and look for it the YJ I would. Uh, so it's, it's, like to each drone, but being prepared, like you guys are saying, like if if you know you may need to winch, pull the line ahead of time. Have it pulled up. I'd bring it back up through the window, and I'm like, all right, I'm good. I'm going to run this thing, and if I have to get out, I can get out. I can literally climb out my window onto my hood and throw the winch line to someone who's dry. Well, just, the other thing people don't think about is not just your winch line, but if you've got a wired uh, controller, either have it right. in you or whatever connected so have yep. it connected on the front end unless you've got a wireless and have your controller have it all ready to go and that goes right. along with straps like go ahead and have a strap in your d-ring one i wrap it around my spare on the back or two i wrap it around my bull bar on the front so that i'm ready to go it, it's le less things to prepare once you're in a hole but the and easier you, you go the east coast wheeling midwest wheeling Southern wheeling, west western wheeling. I mean, there is so much differences from the rocks out east to the mud in the Midwest to the to the the rocks in Moab to the desert. I mean, it's it's so different. When people talk about mud, it's just like if we talked about snow wheeling to Tony, he'd be like, right. But if you're talking about running through a foot or eighteen inches or or so of snow, that's a cool thing to do. But you you better know the obstacles that are underneath that snow. But but. Tony, you you probably not wheeled twenty four inches of snow before. The most uh, snow I've ever wheeled in was at the sign at Colorado. No, no, we were we were heading over to uh, EJS last year, and I was like, I saw snow, and I was like, like a screaming little twelve year old little, little girl seeing all that snow. <laughs> you guys are talking about uh, like chip with the sand with all the different kinds of frame and stuff like this. Up here in northern Canada, we get lots and lots of muskeg out there, yeah. which Turn is and go back home. just a swamp with grass, right? So usually if you're out having like a trail run, you're going to send obviously a, a good, big, capable vehicle through because once you cut a rut, then it turns into a slot fest, right? But um, yeah, you don't send a little guy because he'll be stuck and there's, you ain't getting through, right? So you send a big truck. Is that you in your picture? That's, that's me, yeah. Holy shit, dude. Oh my god. You need a duck on that. <laughs> okay, so what are the what are the standpipes on either side? Is that for lights or what's the standpipes on either side of the A-frame? Of the, of the uh, that was an old snorkel thing I'd put back in the day, but I'd ripped it off. It was it was okay. uh, an attempt of some kind of old snorkel. Okay. <laughs> hey, you get a little muddy. Yeah, it could be pretty swampy. That was at a, an off-road park up here. Um, but, uh, yeah, you can get like that. To, used to be famous. You have a stick, and uh, you go through the muck, and then you scrape it all off. You give yourself a car wash with a stick. You scrape all the thick mud off and keep going kind of thing because it'll, like you said, it'll probably be 12 hours of pressure washing to get that thing cleaned off if uh, if uh, if you try to wash it with the car wash, you know. Tony, you're YouTube. Never mind. You just got it. If they uh, let you wash it in the car wash, you might pull up to the car wash and that thing, and they say, 
Turn around. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. Usually it is like you said on the lawn. I've uh, I've filled a lot of lawn in with with muskeg, but yeah. It is it is a ton of fun. It's it's super awesome. It's a lot of fun, but like you said, I mean, literally it will be a take a Saturday off and and literally pressure wash. You know, I'd, back at the farm, we get about six hundred gallons of water in a big tank, and the gas pressure washer, and like you said, burn about four hundred and fifty gallons. On, in the field, just pressure washing, leaving a leaving a pile of the field, you know. But uh, I like to keep mine clean, so you wash it off, put it in the shop, and then next month you're out there doing it again, you know. So kind of kind of redundant, kind of silly. That's a lot of mud. <laughs> Do you get in trouble with anybody with that? I mean the the neighborhood, the I mean the neighbors, the wife, uh, anybody. Uh, in town, you definitely get in trouble. Uh, I'd have this thing out in the country, so nobody bothered me out there, but. Uh, in the city, I know a lot of my friends have had uh, trying to go to city car washes and stuff, and oh, they kick you out. They just see driving in the parking lot, like, no, you're not, you're not welcome here, you know? I didn't know any better. When I had my 83 uh, Chevy and would, we'd go mudding, I would just head over to the local car wash and clean that puppy up. I never thought anything about it. Of course, I might have been one of the reasons why they put the sign up about uh, no uh, 4 by 4 mud cleaning here. So, uh, But there was no sign. I didn't know any better. Right. Like I was saying, if it's still wet, it literally falls off super easy with a stick. So, like I said, you when when you're not dried off, you you go poke most of it off with a stick, and it's a lot cheaper to wash it. And then for anybody who, who's interested, you get like Pam cooking spray. And if you spray, literally, you can spray the entire body down. But if you spray the body with cooking spray or the grill or whatever, the mud falls right off. It doesn't stick to it. So that works the same in the uh, hot rod and old car world. If you use um, lemon pledge. You spray your inner fender and your quarters with lemon pledge when you do burnouts, the rubber won't stick. Huh. Yep. You can do the same thing with headlights that don't have heaters on in the wintertime on and your head. And it smells Jeez. tasty. It you stops the ice, ice, and ice from uh, building up and sticking to your headlights in the wintertime. But Dustin, you bring up your, your Jeep picture reminded me of one of the first things that I went, aha, I didn't know about when I was first starting to run off-road. And that is... Okay, so you got mud all over your vehicle, but I never thought about having that mud and the muddy water caked up in on your radiator. And we've yeah. had people before that have overheated because they run through a mud hole and then they drive a few miles down the trail and now they're overheating because their radiator's all plugged up. And, and so we had to get water out, wash their radiator out so they could cool again. Yeah, what we do up here uh, quite often is... Um, Either get a garden sprayer, you know, it's like two gallons yeah. or whatever they are, and you pump them up with air pressure. Uh, those things work great for portable pressure washers to wash our radiators. Yeah. Or even sometimes you get the uh, uh, super soaker, like bring a super soaker along and it's oh, that'd a good be pressurized fun. splasher. I like that idea. Then I, you can I could see it. a, yeah, I was going to say, I could see a fight starting. <laughs> 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 Squirt me. No, not me. Damn it, the Jeep. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's fun times. Yeah, oh yeah, it's uh, that's all. That's all, what it's all about. Well, let's uh, if if we if we've uh, beat that one to death, let's uh, jump to our next one. So, if you camp in your Jeep, do you have any tricks for making it more comfortable to sleep inside? And I don't think this means who who you take with you, but it could. Diesel heater, if you're camping in the winter. Absolutely. <laughs> he's trying oh to God. he's trying to heal that duck. <laughs> <laughs> like a voodoo duck. I was thinking acupuncture. acupuncture. This is the most fun I've ever had with one of these dumb things. <laughs> See, now you're into duck. He's swaying. He's he's changing his tune, and it's a quack. Oh, I will. Oh, I am not changing my tune. <laughs> Stop putting your fucking bath toys on my goddamn feet, fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Edward Scissor Duck. Better than the bedroom toys. Oh yeah, you don't want to stick pins in that. Oh, you're gonna take it out and have target practice. Uh, I want, uh, you know, I was thinking about getting some tannerite and filling up all, some of these ducks with tannerite and making them explode on video. I don't have one of those high-speed cameras, though, so it wouldn't be as exciting. Everybody say hi. Uh, Homeland Security's listening. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so now with all that duck hey. stuff, what, what was the question again, Tony? <laughs> uh, how much tannerite do you use to blow? I'm sorry. No, that's, uh, if you camp in your Jeep, do you have any tricks for making it more comfortable to sleep inside? Uh, Greg has said a diesel uh, heater. 
Yeah, those those Chinese diesel heaters are amazing. Also, if you're like an XJ, they still you can still find the uh, the blow up air mattresses that fill up the entire back of an XJ. They even have one for the JK and JL platform. Uh, so, so those are pretty convenient if you really need to stretch out and get comfortable. Well, well, I, I hate to tell you, Tony, but if you're over five eleven, nothing will make it comfortable inside of a Jeep. Um, the Gladiator was okay that one night that I camped out at AJS, uh, but it, I had to have the tailgate down, and my feet were at the very uh, edge of the tent. So I, was, hey, I, I just heard Rip's on. Hi, Rip. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there's no way that a guy like me could ever stay inside of a Jeep, whether it's in the bed, the cab, the hood, the top. Not, no way. Not You'd be fine if you would just take that hat off when you sleep. Uh, only for you, sweetheart. Boss, <laughs> thanks. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to do it out in uh, Moab, Chuck, because uh, they don't have any trees for my hammock. Yeah, you're in the desert. You just need yeah, one of those lines that you can shoot where it arcs over and goes several hundred feet, and then you're, you can extend your hammock across a gorge. Yeah, you just need to, you need to park next to a Jeep with a... A roof rack or next to a jeep with a out you know one of those roll cages Stingers. on the outside yeah or a stinger yeah and then you then you can hook to it and then your jeep and then hammock between the two jeeps but just make sure you make them give you the keys to their jeep <laughs> yeah. just make sure that when it starts <laughs> you wake up so that when they drive away you don't hit the earth <laughs> yeah. the only problem with that is uh every time you move or every time they move everybody knows it <laughs> no, I, I'm not saying an occupied Jeep. I'm saying just a Jeep in town at the Piggly Wiggly or something. Oh, yeah. perfect. You know how Jeeps park next to each other? Well, just, what, you know, turn it into your camping spot. I've got a soft what, top. Wouldn't it, it ain't going to work. Wouldn't it be great? You just, like, come up on a broke-down Jeep, but they're like, all right, parts are coming in tomorrow. We're just going to leave it. And you're like, fuck, yeah, I'm just going to use it as a hammock. That'd be <laughs> bitching. Yeah. Hell of, yeah. it's, hell of it's big enough to rent it as a room. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help hold your Jeep down so it don't go nowhere. nowhere <laughs> well, the best is if you're in somewhere like Moab and all of the overlanders, they're all at the same hotel. All you got to do is just go out and open one of their rooftop tents that they refuse to use, oh, that I they know. just have as a status symbol. Yes. <laughs> I've seen so many of those. <laughs> I've seen them driving around town. There was a beautiful gladiator at the Jeep meet that I went to this past Sunday, and they even had it uh, like rhino lined. The whole thing was rhino lined, and uh, just a beautiful, beautiful gladiator. And I was talking to somebody else and making comment that he's got all this, uh, all this shit on this gladiator. I bet you he never uses it. I, and the guy knew him. He says, "No, he doesn't. He has several of these Jeeps. Uh, they're beautiful. He never takes them off road." But it was all done up. I don't think it had a rooftop tent on it, but maybe he left that at home. And there's that's fine if you enjoy building Jeeps and not taking them off-road. It just seems like such a, a waste to me personally. Yeah, I'm, I'm planning on taking the, the passenger seat out and uh, just stretching out the best I can. I'll, well, that's what Bill did. Uh, Bill, but you didn't take your the, the side seat out, I mean the passenger seat out uh, for room, did you, to sleep in or did you? No, I'm, I'm going to for the Moab trip because I'll, I'll have to. Yeah, but Bill took I, his out. I don't, I don't Bill, Bill right. has a four-door, whereas yeah, Rick's got a two-door. But I also took the passenger seat out and put a put a fridge there. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And if you're camping in Moab, the trick is um, find somebody who's staying at one of the hotels, like the Moab Valley Inn or something. Any one of the Anyone with a pool. Because your your buddy can let you in the door, and you can go to use the shower that's near the pool for free. Ah, interesting. Oh, I was thinking about yeah. leaving a ring around the pool. Yeah, I mean, well, you can do that too. <laughs> but there's always a shower at all the pools, so you clean the funk off before you get in there. You know, piss water. So you just use the shower for free. And if you do it in the morning, you can use the shower and have a free continental breakfast before you go hit the trail. Perfect. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> cheap fucker <laughs> cheap fucker who refused to pay $22 to park his semi truck in a parking lot yeah there we go <laughs> that's the park that's not the eat but that's different <laughs> no <laughs> oh yeah so what about uh, 
the thing I'm concerned about sleeping in the in the Jeep, especially if it's cold, is all that condensation on the inside, you know, from breathing all night. Hey, Rick. Yeah, yeah but as, as soon can, as it warms up and the, the heater turns on, the condensation drifts you, away. You can run the, the hammock from my high lift on the back of my Jeep to whatever you got anchor point on your Jeep. And if I, and if I, Stevo, Stevo's you in the middle of the night, so you're going care. for a ride. I don't know. It's going to be like a pinata or something. Stevo, Stevo will start up the Jeep just to terrorize Rick. And he'll he'll move it he'll move it forward a little bit, then he'll back it up a little bit. Let it roll. The hammock will get two people that you really, really, really trust and let them drive up hey, a trail you with you swinging in the hammock. Oh I know. Them. I know. There you go. Well, yeah, that's a that's I a good YouTubing there. Yeah. I think if he, I, if he rolls about two or three feet and then stops, it actually stretch the hammock out and then the spin like that. <laughs> I still say you just put yourself a two-inch receiver in a hitch if you got one, and make yourself up a some kind of like almost like a bike rack, but only make it so that the, your hammock goes on it instead. Hey, Rick. On a serious note, I actually have a portable hammock stand. Yeah, that's. that's um, oh, I didn't think about that. Well, there you go. Weld that por- portable hammock stand to your receiver hitch. But are you actually going to sleep in a hammock in the in the wind? In the cold, thirty-five degrees out in Moab. The last week of March. That's a good sleeping bag, I would. Yeah, I camped out New Year's Eve in in my hammock, and it was uh, oh. it was like degrees. What did you do to get in tra- that much trouble, uh, Rick? Um, <laughs> I went to <laughs> out of Jeep bonfire with my buddies. <laughs> you can light a fire under them. <laughs> Keep them warm. This is Matt in North Carolina. It's not, I don't think they have one in Moab, but one thing that we do when we're on long trips and camping is uh, give a membership to Planet Fitness and do their like high level tier. You can go to anyone in the country and they have showers. So we just literally drive by a Planet Fitness, stop by, bring our clothes in, go shower up and, and uh, hit the road. Yeah, they don't have one in Moab, but that's why I suggested the yeah. hotel thing because. Mm-hmm. During Easter Jeep Safari, you know, 40,000 of your closest friends are all in town, which means all the hotels are booked. You're bound to meet somebody on the trail or something else that's staying in a hotel with a pool, and then you can go have free showers and continental breakfast. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, every time I've camped during EJS, that's what we've done. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, Tony's going to be in a hotel by day two, so you can just go use his room. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Only because of my very, very now very close friend Chip invited me. So, uh, Greg, I don't know. I told Chris to ask you when he stopped by the other day if you were going to EJS. Are you going to EJS this year? Yeah, I'm going. Good. I don't know. Oh, if you I'm... son of a bitch! <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I God don't damn know, it, Greg. Hey, I got a truck. Do you want a truck? A buddy of mine wants a wants to sell a truck. Then you might like it. But I, I know you buy all the fucking truck. You buy all the new foo foo shit. Never mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like it's, a, it's a 94 one ton Dodge Ram with a 12 valve that's rust free and only has 120,000 miles. You still haven't bought that thing? No, he's bringing it over tomorrow so I can look at it. But um, send me pics. Hey, Greg, send me pictures. You. I heard you. But I'm going. Um, yeah, so uh, the wife and Liam are going to fly in. I'm driving. I don't know if I'm going to bring the Roxor and wheel the Roxor or if I'm just going to borrow another rental. But I'm also bringing um, Eric Ammerman, who used to be at Quad. And you met him. But I'm bringing him, and I might bring his Jeep too. But if I'm towing with my 1500, I probably won't bring his Jeep. If I buy myself a new one-ton tomorrow, I might... <laughs> I might tell my like a fru fru, like a fru fru jeep or a fru fru truck or like this one that you're talking about. Oh no, the one I'm talking about. Oh well, don't fucking offer it to me if you're going to buy it, you son of a bitch. Well, I I might just buy it because I don't have a one ton and it's old and it's got a twelve valve and they run for fucking ever. So yeah. so Chuck basically and it's only got 120 mile, 120 thousand on it. But basically, what he's doing is he's buying it, but after he gets done with it, he wants to sell it to you. Yeah, I'll drive it to Moab and back, make sure all the make sure that it's really happy, and then I'll sell it. Yeah, it'll it'll have the nostalgia of all your cream all over it. Perfect. It'll be what uh, cream. It, I don't put cream on. 
<laughs> what the fuck? That's lotion. What the hell? I'm ashy. <laughs> oh damn it, Greg! Now you're making me want to go to EJS. Like, uh, well, you were supposed to. I know. You even sent me pictures of your fucking gorgeous. CJ Come on, Larry, bring it back with in. the nice little trailer that you were going to put a ten on. I was all excited, and then like twenty minutes later, you send me another text. Oh, the poor guy quit, so now I got to work. <laughs> so we're we're shipping. The, the, se- the semis are showing up tomorrow. We're shipping calves tomorrow. My wife looked at me and she said, ship your calves and then let's reassess after that. And I'm like, okay, like, let's reassess. Yeah, you, 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 you know, was, was your wife going to come with you? No, oh, hell no. No. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to say, if she came with you, we can, we can send her and my wife out to look at rocks while we play. I'm yeah, s- no, my, my wife makes money. I just spend it. Oh. oh, okay. So I just want to bring this uh, this point up that I, I didn't bring up before. Chuck, who is a very non-technical, has literally set up a camera so you can see his desk and his office and him, and he's got his cowboy hat on for effect. I mean, really? he, he's, he is coming <laughs> he is coming in to the first part of the 21st century here. Uh, he just wanted to show off his CJ desk. That's all. That's the only reason he did that. You just look at how fancy I am in my broke look at him. fucking Look hat. at him. He's embarrassed. He's getting red. <laughs> you just can't see all the bail and twine that's holding that camera up. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's 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 a good Welcome shot. Tonight. Yeah, welcome to 1997. It's wonderful to be us. Yeah. Wow, that's a fucking gorgeous desk. Nice job. Oh, screw the desk. Look at that, look at that flag. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was fun. Uh, Larry, Larry's going to get fired. He didn't bring us back to the Jeep conversation. Somebody even called his name. Uh, all right, so here we go. Uh, question number three. No, we did three. Oh, we're going to do question number four. So we'll have to speed through this one. <laughs> You're way too excited over four. How do you know? Somebody was blowing their nose. I mean, I, they, they don't even know what this question is. They're commenting on it. How do you store your hard top or doors when running in summer mode? Hanging from the garage ceiling. Throw them in the backyard. It's dusty here. Mine's been leaning against my fence for like six, seven, eight years. Kind of thing. It, it's just it's outside. Oh my! God. It's always summer mode in, in Canada. It's like <laughs> it's always it. perfect in Canada. Fuck it. You need you need a park a summertime, wintertime. So might as well just get some fresh air. <laughs> I live in Michigan. We have snow, and it has been 2019. I built my my Mahindra, and it still has never had a top on it, and I still drive it in the winter. Well, not everyone can be a man like I you. I was just thinking, that's what men do. Yeah. yeah. I've got some cheap Amazon by Arkoff Road um, hangers on my wall. And they'll, so we, we run tubes because my wife wants some security. But it'll also hang the, uh, the full doors from like the channel, the window channel. Can you like hand make, can you hand make like channel stuff off of PVC? And you just yeah, hang you your do doors on yeah, the PVC, PVC. I've seen that too. and some rope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen I've seen that. I mean, I don't do it because I'm a fucking man. So. What is that? Schedule forty? Isn't it the? Is it Schedule forty that is the real thick PVC stuff? Because I would yeah, cross regular PVC. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can just a regular PVC. You can just put a couple eye bolts in the ceiling and then use four ratchet straps and lift it off. You don't have to yeah. buy one of those fancy things. Yeah, mention the the wood that you got to screw those things into because there will be people to screw it into the sheetrock. Well, <laughs> you can't fix stupid. One episode I, a long time ago, you were talking about using those, like those noodles, those foam noodles, pool noodles. Yeah, put uh, like a slit in them and then set the door in that. So if you had to set it on the Concrete garage floor, you're not scratching the bottom of your door. Absolutely. Because you're setting up a noodle. I yeah. thought that was a great idea. Yeah. Well, and then in a pinch, and you're in the garage working on something, you can wrap that thing onto a five-gallon bucket and let oh, nature man. fly. Oh, there man. I was trying really hard not to <laughs> not to make that comment. <laughs> Porta potty. I thought I was just what you were going to wrap it around. Noodle to noodle, that's I what I call from, it. Uh, Arkansas. What I do is uh, I've got these square foam things that my axle... My uh, my drive shaft came in, and I set those on the floor between the 
kitchen table and the wall. And then I, I lean the, the door up against the wall. And then I take, there's a curtain, there's a big window there. So I just take the curtains and hang them over the door. And you can't even tell they're there until my <laughs> wife sleeps around there. And then she yells at me. <laughs> so you park your Harley in the living room? Kitchen table. So, so for the hard top, you can actually see we have we have the the, the, the uh, hard top on the Jeep right now, but so that's the soft top packaged up sitting on top of that motor. It's a, oh, um, okay. a winch system, mm-hmm. and then there's a company called Topsy that makes brackets that bolt into the uh, the glass brackets in the back, the gl- the glass hinges in the back, and have little loops on them. You leave them on all the time. And so it'll clip to the back of that rack and then just a strap in the front and it'll lift it right off the Jeep and we just leave it above the garage door all summer long. Have you guys seen the, the well, uh, uh, Tony, you interviewed the guy with J-Bar that one time, right? He's out of Illinois. A long time ago, yeah. Right? But he's got the whole system with a winch that has different straps that go underneath uh, and capture any hardtop that you've got to mm-hmm. lift it up. And- it was neat, too, because you just use an electric drill. To let it up yeah, and down. Yep. And I think you could Arcan. use one of those uh, hand winches as well. Yes. Arc and Hoist has something similar to that. It's a strap that goes underneath the top, and then it's got a locking cam lock on a, on, a, on one of the pulleys that you just you just pull it and lifts it up, and then when you let go of the rope, it automatically lock, locks, and then you just have to, when you pull on the rope to loosen it, you just got to uh, change the angle of it to, un- to make it so it unlocks, and then it lowers it back down. But I just use the Harkin hoist to lift it off the Jeep and then leave it up there until I'm done and then put it back on later. And then I have a cart that I got on Amazon that's got four posts, one in each corner, and it's got little hinges, like the same as what would be on the Jeep with the door hinge door slides onto. And I just hang all the doors on that cart so that way I can push it around the garage to get it out of my way. I um, I have a set of full doors and a set of half doors. And so I actually bought, so my garage has got exposed studs. Well, I put uh, I bought some Jeep door hinges, like replacement hinges. Oh, neat! The wall. That's cool. And I actually just hang hang them on the wall, just like a uh, like they would be mounted on the Jeep. There. Do they ever come open, or do they uh, come out from the wall, or do you have some way to hook them so that they don't uh, come out? I have a way. I have them hooked against the wall there, and they work out really well, actually. Yeah. That'd be funny with little uh, 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 ghostly spirit activity, and you come out there, and all the doors are open. <laughs> yeah. from Chicago. I got the metal brackets that you just roll the windows down. They hang from the uh, upper part of the of the door hand uh, window. Right. Well, I've got right there. Those work all right as long as you don't have uh, as long as you don't have the like the uh, oh WeatherTech makes those little rain guards that you can put on the top of your window. No, you got those. The Jeep is going to leak no matter what guard you put on it. Well. I don't know. I have those so that way I can have But I just took it. Well, like I always like to say, the Zoom meeting continues on. Uh, great conversation tonight, and you can be part of it. Uh, every Tuesday night, 7.30 p.m. is one of our, uh, what I call our pre-party starts. And uh, it's it's a lot of fun. If you were in our uh, our YouTube live, you got to hear a lot of the, the pre-party stuff. Uh, and uh, I would recommend that uh, if you're not sure about joining in on the Zoom meeting, uh, to join us on our YouTube Live every Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. Central Time. And you can kind of get a feel of uh, what the, uh, the, the, Zoom e- the Zoom meeting and roundtable is all about. Hey, we have four episodes a week, uh, Tuesday through Friday, and every Friday is our interview episode. Coming up on this Jeep Talk Show interview show this Friday, Robert of Fort Hill Distributors, LLC. Uh, they, they sell soft shackles, and you're going to be seeing more coming from uh, Robert and Fort Hill Distributors soon. And you can find the shackles uh, on uh, Amazon. Just go to uh, Amazon.com and do a search for Fort Hill Distributors, LLC. And that brings us to the end of this exhilarating Jeep Talk Show Roundtable episode. Uh, I also want to extend uh, our heartfelt thanks to you, our listeners who joined us on this adventure. Your support is what keeps us motivated to bring you the best Jeep content out there. So until next time, keep those Jeeps running strong, hit those trails with confidence, and remember, it's not just a vehicle, it's a way of life. This has been Tony hosting the Jeep Talk Show Roundtable episode, and we'll catch you on the next ride. Broadcasting since 2010. A true story. When I was a little kid, 
and it'd be snowing and sleeting outside up there on the Rubicon. My True mom story, I was a little kid. You're a fucking mountain of a man. You've never been little. <laughs> Shut up. God damn it. Let me finish the story. It's about my mama now. My my mom would crawl up underneath the, my dad's Jeep and use the heat from the motor and the transmission to breastfeed me when I was a little kid. 